Hey, my name is Russ, and you're listening to the Russ Rants Podcast. It's a show about a lot of nothing, and yet a whole lot of something at the same time. It could be about what generally infuriates me, current events, or just whatever comes to the top of my head. Either way, I am excited that you're here with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get on to the rant. Hey again, everybody. Welcome back. Wow, that was a musical intro. I, I should try those more often. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Russ Rants Podcast theme music. I just want to say again, thank you so much for tuning into the Russ Rants Podcast. You are always appreciated. Thank you very much for your weekly messages. I'm glad you guys are enjoying what we're putting out there for you. And today is another, you know what? I should just preface this. Every single episode is going to be a special day because I think I say that every single time. Today is a special day. It's a special episode. Let's just go ahead and assume every single episode by Russ Rants is going to be special. Whether you are doing the dishes right now, you are on your way to work, when you're waking up first thing in the morning, thank you you very much for thinking of the Russ Rants podcast. I thank you. And we have another guest in person. I would like to introduce unabashedly. My first few guests have always been closest friends and family. And you guys have shown equally that both are equally interesting to you. But I would like to introduce to you my oldest brother, whom I looked up to both physically and figuratively, Addison Bird, welcome to the Russ Rants podcast. Thanks for having me, Russ. You're very thank you, Ad. Very, very, very <laughs> welcome for having you. Um, you are a nurse. Uh, you knew right away you wanted to be a nurse. It's not important. I just wanted to point that out that you're a nurse, yeah. and uh, you are an avid gamer. Very yeah. passionate. Very passionate about Fire Emblem. Very passionate about games. Yeah. Uh, we've we were homeschooled. Nintendo games. Yes. My favorite one growing up was Kirby. Because you swear off PlayStation and Xbox and all that fun stuff. We just grew up with Nintendo. It's true. We are Nintendo people. And I want you guys to know that this actually was last minute because Addison is is kind of, you could kind of call it Russ Rance's first surprise guest. Literally in the middle of the workday, I had already put out my topic to you guys a few days ago on Instagram. Uh, We're going to get into that in a moment. But then this, you know, earlier today, I just, you know, I thought of Addison I've never had you on the podcast yet. Lyndon has been on. Pola has been on. My good friend Dustin. Dave has been on my podcast. uh, But not you. And you were wanting to get in touch with us anyways and visit with the kids. And I just said, you know what? Why not be on the podcast? And I was actually surprised you said yes. You're like, absolutely. So that's awesome. And uh, to everyone who's listening, um, Addison and I, two years apart, uh, he does not sound like a 14-year-old. I do. And I don't know. Maybe I do. No, you, you sound pretty good. You got a nice, smooth voice. I have a choppy radio host on caffeine voice. but You have a good radio host voice. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and this is for everyone else now listening. We, I threw out the question, how do you help someone see that they can't see other people's needs? Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. This bothered me because this is a topic I was not planning on. I'd, I'd planned on another topic this week, okay? And something happened this Sunday at the movie theater that caught my eye. So I'm going to tell you a brief story, Addison. I want to hear your raw take on it, and let's see if we can dive into this together okay. and try to see if our viewers have any opinions as well. Okay, here's the story. So I'm out in the movie theater with my daughter, Kaziah. Okay, she's nine months old. Uh, and we're, we're hanging out in the lobby, all right? And... All of a sudden, while we're hanging out in the lobby, this dad comes out. It's about noon. It's about noon, about 11.30 a.m. 
And this this dad comes out of this movie theater that has closed doors. I'd noticed all morning long that kids were at this movie theater. It must have been a kids' event or something, okay? Um, and uh, I was at church. We were at church. and okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were at church, and then Kezi was, you know— making a fuss during the, the service. And so I, I took her out uh, of the service, sat in the main lobby. Yes, our church is in a theater. Okay, so sewers. Yeah. We're a really cool church, okay? That's a cool. Yeah, and so I'm sitting out I there. I go to that church. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mystery of where I, you meet. Yeah, in, case, in case you guys don't know, <laughs> we go to the same church. Um, so I'm sitting there with Keziah, okay? And this, this other theater is dedicated to this kid's event. It must be showing this new movie or something. It's two hours long, I was told. Um, and this dad comes out kind of flustered looking 15 minutes into the movie. The doors are both shut, right? And it's all quiet now. The people have gotten their popcorn and their pop. And he's walking out in a like a fast-paced. He's not panicky, but he's definitely on a mission. And there's this young man at the booth, like the the ticket taker booth, whatever. They, you know, they rip your ticket and be like, "Oh, theater 6, third on your right or whatever," right? So he's the one young man, longer hair and a hat, working for Cineplex is at the ticket booth, okay? The dad comes out and the manager is standing close by with, you know, her standard. It's like a McDonald's manager. They've got, like, the collared shirt and the, you know, darker yeah. attire so you can tell they're the manager. Whereas the other guy's just got his standard uniform on, okay? Yeah. The dad comes out, and he's like, hey, guys, um, my two kids are really uncomfortable. Uh, do you, you know, typically theaters have booster seats. Where, where do you have those booster seats available? I would like to take two, please. And they said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir, but, you know, the other theater, there's two theaters apparently that were having the same showing. Like, this theater, those other kids, all the parents took up all the booster seats were out. We have no booster mm. seat. Now, my immediate question was, before we get into this, was why on earth does a theater not have enough for maybe two or more theaters needing booster seats at the same time? Why do you only have one theater's worth of booster seats? They just probably have numbers, and it was kind of first come, well, it's first probably serve. Rare, right? Probably not expecting so many kids normally, or everyone taking booster seats. Maybe some bigger kids, right? And so the dad's like, "Oh, well," um, uh, and he looks around. Now this guy, to the the staff's defense, because I'm going to tell this story as objectively as I can. To the staff's defense, he didn't ask them any respectful questions, but he wasn't being rude either. He just looked around and saw two boxes by the main booth. And he said, you know what, I'll take those boxes, um, I'll let my kids sit on them for the two hours, and I'll bring them right back if that's okay. The, the kids don't need much space to sit on, but they just need something, okay? Um, I just, they just need, the, the younger staff member, he's a young dude, he's probably about 18, 19 years old, okay? He's got a bit of acne, longer hair, but he's very, I'm trying not to be offensive, but like, he definitely is like a more nasally know-it-all tone about him if you're picking up what I'm He's just down. going by the book. Okay, right. And so yeah. so he's like, he's... "Sorry, sir, you know, these these boxes are not actually our property. The theaters send them out to us to unpack gear and and promo gear, and then when it's done, we pack it up back in these boxes and mail them back to head office. Um you can't use those." And he's like, "Oh, well like is there anything else you can do? Is there any boxes or whatever?" And the staff's like, "Um, well, yeah, okay, I'll check. Sure. And the manager's like, yeah, I'll check too. And so they're like kind of ho-hum about it. They're not even hurrying. They're just walking around, looking around the the sank, you know, mm -hmm. the, the main lobby mm -hmm. in different theaters. Comes back after about, I would say, five to eight minutes. And he's like, I don't, I don't got five any. Five to eight, wow. Five to eight minutes. And yeah, exactly. The dad was, I was going to actually strike up a conversation because I felt bad for him. I was going to be like, yeah, kids. Yeah, in theaters, my son needed a booster seat too. I feel for you. You know, I wanted to say something because that's my personality. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, my heart goes out to you, dude. I can't help you. And so they came back there. Sorry, we don't have any boxes. And they just ended the sentence there. He's like, well, 
there's nothing. Okay, well, I'll just take these magazines then. Let my kids sit on a stack of them. And again, I'll just bring the magazines back. Now, I don't know if you guys have this, but in your movie theater, they have like these magazines. Like, what are they called? Like, Scene Magazine or something like that? Or it, yeah, they're free. I know what you mean. They're, they're free magazines. And so yeah, he saw them. Now, he's, this guy's obviously a problem solver. Yeah, right? absolutely. And he's just a go-getter. He's not asking permission. But at the same time, he's not being rude, but he's like, okay, I'll just take these boxes. No, you can't do that. Okay, well, I'll just take these magazines. He's trying to solve a problem. He's trying to find a solution. And all of a sudden, as he says that, and they say no, no, and he's just trying to find solutions. He's looking around. He's like, well, there's got to be something else we can do. Mm. What else? The guy, the young dude, the young ticket taker, just cuts him off and says, sir, if you continue to talk to us and treat us this way, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And Wow. Right? And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, wow. whoa, whoa, what? What just what has just happened? What why is this dude like Like why this escalate to this uh, this no, it, it, level right well, now? Well, it, it literally went from zero to a hundred in like two seconds. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he's like, yeah, and he's like, then the dad replied, he's like, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm trying to find a solution. You guys don't have enough booster seats yeah. for your people, your customers. I'm not angry, but I need to fix this. And the the customer, the guy again, the staff responded back. He's like, "Sir, you're talking down to us condescendingly. You are not. You are being unreasonable. And you're and this I, kid definitely has not had confrontation in customer it, it, service, well, or even just with working at problem solving. That's what it feels like. Is that this guy just had no idea other than extreme like I, lethargy, did not care, or extreme like stop it, I'm dropping the hammer. Okay, so it gets even better. Okay. He finally's like, the dad's like, look, guys, just help me. Just find some boxes. Find anything, please. I, I mean, yes, we'll leave if we have to, but I would like to keep my kids in the movie. They're enjoying it, but they're uncomfortable and they can't see. Well, is it not possible to have the kids sit on your lap? You know, some kids can sit on their parents' lap. Like, the guy's not even – I, in my opinion, yeah, some people might, might be listening to this and be like, well, the guy's trying to be helpful now, the staff member. It did not come across that way. It kind of came across as like stupid ignorance because I'm a parent, mm-hmm. right? If, and having two on your lap, that's just not fun for that, anyone. And that's what the dad said. He's like, yeah, like younger kids sitting on their parents' lap for t- over two hours is not fun. And the and the guy just – the staff member obviously had no understanding. And so finally the staff member like sighs. <sighs> okay, let me see what I can do. He finds – garbage bag boxes you know those big boxes that hold those black industrial garbage mm-hmm. bags so he, he finds two and he's like here this is the best i got for you will this do and the dad looks at them like it's one of them's already open he's like yeah that'll do whatever thank you and walks away okay now kudos to the dad mm-hmm. because i would have lost my mind at that point i'm a pretty easygoing guy you yeah. probably would have cut off the fuse a bit shorter maybe no, would you have would you have been the same as the dad and just kind of walked away, or would you kind of given them? I what probably for? would have continued to bide my time and just take it go like all all the while forming this opinion like this kid needs help. Well, and like, so needs real world skill help. Well, exactly. And see, that's what all of a sudden I was like, I have to write this down. I have to write down this this idea. Now here's where it gets crazy. After the dad left, the manager, in my opinion, she's a nice girl. But she is not a manager. She's a peer who happens to get paid more and boss them around occasionally. So she they comes starts o- gossiping. Right. Absolutely. And the guy, the kid, is like, yeah, did you see me put the hammer down on that guy? I totally stopped him from treating us like a jerk. Like, I totally stopped him from interfering with us. I, I told, like, you know, did you hear what I said? I was like, yeah, sir, if you keep They're treating like us this way, you're going to patting themselves on yeah, the back. Yeah, and she because... was so stoked. 
the manager, she was like, yeah, I know. And like, you really handled that well. And, you know, you stopped that situation from escalating. And uh, yeah, what does he think we can do? There's nothing we can do. There's no booster seats. Because that's actually what also happened, Addison, is the guy's like, there's got to be another situation, like solution. Please help me find a solution. And the young staff member's like, there is no other solution. Yeah, You either can, they can sit on your lap or, you know, you can stay or you can go. He did say that. Okay. So he's bragging, and then the other staff member running the popcorn till is like, yeah, did you see that guy? I heard that. That's crazy. And then I just tuned him out. I couldn't handle it anymore. It made me too angry. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. How do you help someone see that they don't truly see someone's needs? That kid, almost, if that dad was any less mature, would have blown up. I probably would have heard some F-bombs. And that guy could have probably totally lost it, been justified, asked for a, a refund, would have gotten it gone in and grabbed his girls or yeah. his sons or whatever and then left but the do you your eyes just so everyone knows addison's eyes popped open when he heard the if you keep treating us this way sir you're gonna i'm gonna have to ask you to leave like it was nothing right well, i work in the i work in the service industry as a nurse you do uh at the foothills hospital here in calgary in cardiology and so i think it, uh, first of all these we got to identify these are young kids. They probably don't have much experience and they haven't been educated or sought education on communication skills, interpersonal relations, all of this stuff. These are very important skills that I feel sometimes in society we are not equipping our young people with on how to actually have uh, constructive conversations to de-escalate in a respectful manner a situation and to problem solve. And so it, as Russ was um explaining the story to me is just it's it's really sad reality of what we see what we can see with a lot of our service industries when it comes to any age group but especially younger people i feel um so really it's it's a lack of ability to problem solve and 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 no beyond that though it's the interpersonal communication part it's the lack of ability to have empathy to look beyond the situation um to look beyond the by the book or what would I do just as like I'm su- supposed to say right now, um, there's no compassion. And again, they're naive and they're young. And for myself, I am a little older probably than they are. Right. But and, I mean, not that much older. Yeah. We're in our late twenties, but at the same time, I agree with you. The kid is young, but it, the, I think the key word is like emotional intelligence, where it's like, I could say the word track of, sir, if you keep treating us this way, which he was not treating them bad at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if he had showed, if the staff member just showed him legitimately, he gave a crap, for lack of a better term, that he actually cared about the dad yeah. situation. And then the dad saw they exhausted that, all their, you know, that comes as a skill set, a, sorry, a skill set that he hasn't really developed, again, either for lack of availability or lack of, um, desire to learn there's a lot of different factors personality can come down to it certain personalities are more in tune with with wanting to care for someone else and wanting to help and others are a lot more straightforward and type a and stuff like that so there's that do you think this kid maybe was that because he was pretty like interestingly monotone in most of the yeah there could talked. be a part of that with the personality and then i think a big part of it is he's never been taught by parents school whatever on on uh maybe how to help people uh and problem solve in a respectful way um having empathy again that's these are things that are learned and transferred i believe from parents especially 
if, would you say growing up that our parents really helped us with how to respectfully huge, treat others huge. and how to have empathy and, and be how aware to of how we affected other people with our actions, how it wasn't just us. And, and we're not perfect. No, we're not saying that. But our, our parents did put it in us that, you know, if you act this way or do this, it doesn't just affect you. It does affect other people around you. Yeah. Right? And so that's also like you said, um, emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. There's also social intelligence. There's all these uh skills that um, sometimes can really be lacking in a kind of a me-centered, so to speak, millennial generation that uh, that everything has been catered to them. And so then they don't see and seek out and, and are able to identify, okay, this person has legitimate concerns. And also he doesn't have kids, right? So there's a lot of different things right. of the reasons why he can't understand. Because to defend the kid, it's not like he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a, a D-bag or anything like that by nature. I legitimately think he was trying to do his job the best he could. But you could kind of see the lack of flexibility in the dialogue. It was like the dad says a complaint or a concern. He kind of gives a half-passive, maybe this could work. Or he was more focused on saying no, it sounded like. Because this. I think he was intimidated by the dad. And he could have been. Right? And then all of a sudden it was like, I think it just got to an uncomfortable point for the young dude. Where he's just like, you know what, sir? <laughs> exactly. And everything's subjective too. Um, what I mean by that is his perception of how the, the dad was coming across could be exactly what he mentioned about. He was deme- demeaning to us. He was talking down to us, right. all these things. The filter. When the, right. the dad might not have been any of those things, but the the kid had felt that the dad was, was that way to him. So, so how do you change that then, Ad? Because how do you help someone it's, see? It's a multi layered. This is not easy. It's not an easy question. You can't fix this fast. Even going back to employment, if you look at the levels of employment, when you have these minimum wage industries that are hiring um, pretty much anyone, right? Right. Not to put this down at all because they're hard workers min- in those yeah. industries. And I've said it need long minimum before. Minimum wage jobs. Yep. You guys are people... you guys are the hard workers. Absolutely. You're slaving away. You're making a living. And, yep. and any demographic can be working a minimum wage job. That's not it at all. So you can have someone who, you know, over east was an accountant, and and they come here and and to provide for their family, they have to work at McDonald's. But you can kind of almost correlate the level of education, maybe the level of profession, potentially. A bit also with how people are going to treat and respond to others around them. And so... What do you mean by that? Well, if he's just out of high school or maybe just into a university or so, um, again, he's younger. He hasn't been through much. He's probably still... His filter hasn't been refined, Yeah, so he to speak, just hasn't right? really learned. And maybe he hasn't taken any courses on communication skills or anything. Right, what right, I was right. talking about this is Cineplex. It just hires people, right? So you're going to have... You could you could have some stellar managers or stellar young people again that have great interpersonal skills that have yep. grown up in maybe a home that focused on modeling that through their parents uh, or mentors in or school mentors in or school. a really good circle yep. circle of friends or that families can bring that up. Yep. Uh, friends parents or older brother or older sibling it could be anyone whoever has mentored or, or put time into these young people and they can have great interpersonal skills they can be able to have empathy they can listen and problem solve and then you have those that don't. And so it's all of those things. What I'm also meant, what I mentioned before about amount of, um, and again, it's it can be a positively correlated when you have greater amount of education, then you you can empathize and more problem solve and everything because again, you've you've learned more, you've been through more courses, you've had more life experience, and you're older. But also, there are a lot of people who are jerks as well in professions that are higher up as well. So right. 
it doesn't matter about even the occupation because I get your idea with the Cineplex thing and McDonald's is like, you know, maybe people from different. Oh, I've met some people that are amazing there too, though, and right. it's like, holy cow, why are you working? Well, not why are you working here? I know you have to, but you know what? I I really hope that uh, you you move for- you continue you move to up, move forward in life because your skills yep. are there. Um, so how do you help someone see that they are not hearing? in meeting someone else's needs. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. Because again, again, you you kind of, so you kind of touched on a bunch of stuff just to summarize. (laughs) You talked about how it could be a part of someone's educational process. It could be part of someone's upbringing. It could be a part of someone's, you know, where they are in their life right now. Like you, you argued, you know, with Cineplex, maybe it's just because they have a looser hiring process. He's not a specialized worker. He's a guy that needed a job, maybe in high school, maybe in, you know, beginning of college. And his filter hasn't been refined. Because the reason why I keep referring to filter is I don't feel like, well, that's just the way he is. I feel like that to a degree is a personality trait. Like you said, it might be a type A or a matter of fact kind of of personality, but I feel like that can be refined. Like oh, it, everything it can, can be chipped be. away, right? And so it's I, it's being teachable and learning. But the manager, I feel, this is where I feel the crux of this. But is. that's because the manager, I probably feel is the like, manager missed a teaching a teaching. Yeah, but moment. she probably was no much older than hair. Or, sorry, than him, and she probably hadn't received much more training or life experience. And so or then wasn't they're expected on the same of her. Page. Exactly, exactly, because they're patting each other on the back. Yeah, yeah, you handled that really absolutely. well. So the manager didn't have an increased in essence, experience, uh, you know, communication skills, it seemed, from what you had mentioned. Right. So in that way, they're all a bunch of peers. One just happens to be called manager. Now, let me then put you in the shoes of the manager. So let's say you are the manager of this hopping Cineplex, okay? It's a, I probably would have stepped in, what obviously. Would you, what would you say? So then take me through it. So now you are in the manager's shoes. You saw this happen, okay? This, this word track has gone back for now. Again, I might not be painting the best picture, but the dad was not rude. He was matter-of-fact. The kid is, you know, going back and forth too. And then this kind of resolves half-heartedly so, but doesn't. What yeah. would you do? Now you walk up. What are you saying so to this young dude? Like, first get involved, I would, yeah, so I'd just be like, sir, you know, how... Um, bud. I can, yeah, bud. Joey. No, no, I'm talking about, sorry, oh, I was going to address the dad. No, not the dad. The dad is gone. Okay, so this is after the fact. The manager, I'm just thinking... The manager ma- literally watched from afar. So, oh, okay. I thought you said the manager was involved in the process. No, a little bit helping was find boxes, in the process, but then or... the manager walked away when the final, like, alter, quote-unquote, altercation. Yeah, so ended. that person doesn't, like, probably... Probably shouldn't be the, in the manager, either. but hey, it's okay. Okay, so now you are the manager walking so, out. Okay, let's, let's just pretend I didn't even universe, know what was going on. You didn't even on. know, but you saw the end of this conversation. If I okay? saw the end, I probably would have... So um, what are you going to say? You're walking towards this Cineplex let's staff Let's call member. him uh, Jeff. Let's go JoJo. JoJo. I want JoJo. <laughs> Give me JoJo. Uh, JoJo. So I'd be like, um, so hey, JoJo, you know, how did that... And I would want to know, in his opinion, how it went down. I'd say, how do you feel that... So you're asking that a went. question first. Yeah. You're not going to just go right at him hey, with Georgia, a lesson. How do you feel that went? And if he goes, oh, I did a good job. Remember, Why are like, you going with the question first? I want to know where he's at. Does he feel like he provided great customer service or not? Because if he goes, you know, I was really stumped there. I didn't know what to say. I said this, but I don't know if that was quite what I should have said. Okay, there's then room I know to grow that there. Maybe there's, room, there's to room to grow. He's asking questions, and he also doesn't know if what he said maybe was respectful or should have been said. And so in that way, then I can see that that's also a teachable moment and I can, you know, go, you know what? Um, you mentioned this and this, this is maybe what I would say. Um, can you see why this might be different and how you handled the situation? Or can you see maybe how 
his frustration wasn't condescending, but putting yourself in his shoes, you can see that he's missing a movie right now. His kids can't see. Okay. He wanted to have this great morning with them. So it's all about, again, that empathy, empathy. piece. You're kind of transferring over The kid emotions. was not having any empathy. You're kind of scooping in his bucket some yeah. empathy, being like, here's some perspective. So let's say he's totally jacked on how he handled it. Did you see how I handled that guy? I totally shut that situation down. I might just, again, ask a question and go... Jojo. <laughs> I want Jojo. Give, I was going to say Jeff. Give me, give me Jojo. I would just say, um, Jojo, you know, what do you believe that part, what do you believe your job is here at Cineplex? Right. Oh, wow. You oh, know, wow. Okay. Like, Dang. That would be huge because if he goes, well, you know, to make sure things are smooth or to make the popcorn and stuff, then I would have me like, you know what? I believe. You'd have a bigger conversation. Yeah, I'd say I believe that actually our jobs here is is a lot greater than that of what we provide for people who watch movies would you like to, you know would you like to hear about that and then if he goes yeah what do you think our job is here then i might they would mention about customer service to provide a great experience for our customers and what that means is that we that we treat them with respect and that we put ourselves in their shoes when they come to us with a problem so that we can see so you're how you're kind of painting vision for him yeah maybe he's never he probably has never thought about it this way before but those are the teachable moments and if if i have any res- um, if he has any like holds me in esteem or for his manager or has any respect for me or whatever, then he'll he'll hold that in high regard and go, well, maybe what he's saying uh, makes sense. Maybe this is actually how I'm supposed to treat customers. Um, mm. Put myself in their shoes, listen to their problem, mm. problem solve even beyond. And that's the biggest thing is problem solving beyond protocol. If something is problem absolutely solving beyond protocol, yeah. It, what I mean by that is if if something is able to be solved. Um, if something is able to be to be solved in a way that is not like ethically and morally wrong and isn't gonna you know be a detriment to the company, then you do it. You do it for the customer. It's like, do you can we use those boxes? I would just say absolutely use the boxes. If, just try to be careful with them. We do have to send them back, but by all means, you should you should take them. And we'll we have see to be you held after. accountable to what happens to these boxes. Yeah, but and I, right let me just explain to you, Mister Customer, on my end, of empathy. This is what I'm facing. This is my stress or tension with these well, boxes. Well, you might not even need to at that point unless they were like really important boxes. If they're not really and it's kind of like, well, if they're a little beaten up, it's fine. We just need to get the stuff back. Then you don't make a big deal out of it and you do that. And the same. So having big yeah. idea picture would probably have given this young staff member better leeway to move around what he needed to do. It to helped plant a seed at least for how maybe he should – Think about treating customers and problem solving with them and, and, again, putting himself in in their shoes when he's dealing with them on a day-to-day basis. Again, this is what I mentioned earlier is young people, if they really lack in the social skills, they probably have never been taught this by someone who cared, be it uh, a, a, parental, a parental figure, a mentoring figure, a friend, a teacher, or a boss or someone like that. Um, no one has helped them with that. And so they're going to stum- stumble along through life wondering why they rub people the wrong way, why they're not they don't successful. Work well with others. They're Absolutely. not getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not learning these important skills. And so, yes, you can go take courses or you can look for teachable moments with the people that you have rapport with. Now, a big, very important thing about teachability is that that person has to have a relationship with you or hold you in high regard. I think you hit it bang on right there. If you're okay. some rando coming in and saying, hey, you didn't do a very good job with that, they're not going to take it. So if you are a rando, let's say I decided to try to intervene because that manager was clearly not going to deposit anything that would show that young dude, hey, this is where you missed the mark, but this is how you can improve. 
is there ever an acceptable way I could have gone in, or is that a yeah. failure to the start? You know what I mean? No, like, is because... there any way I could have opened him up to that empathy at yeah, all? Yeah, because that could that could have helped a bit. You could have been like, "Hey guys, can I can I chat with you for a second? I couldn't help but observe. Yeah, in I, the distance. I listened to your conversation, and I know that that put you in a tough situation. And so now you're empathizing with them. Ah. They didn't know this guy was going to come building. out. Yeah, teamwork, so you you, build a, you're on your side. You're, you're on your side. When you look at a problem with someone, you want to be on the same side of the table looking out together and going, hey, we, I observed that this happened. This is this what the is, result was. Yeah, let's chat about that for a second. Whereas I think a lot of people and, and may view or might feel like when you enter conflict or have to have a difficult conversation, it's like you're sitting across from each other on, on sorry, sitting across from each other at a table and you're arguing about something. Right. It's and personal. Then, and it becomes a personal attack or it becomes like a hater thing as we love to throw that out in today's day and age when you want to have a disagreement with someone you're or just a discussion, me. You're, just discussion. Me. you're attacking me and I can't receive that. It's like, this is a healthy part of growing and of having relational skills, the ability to have discussions, to argue and disagree in a respectful manner. And so you could begin just by like, you know, I, I, I can, I can understand how that could feel like it put you on the spot. And, uh, and that was a little, that was a bit difficult to handle, but could I just mention or chat with you uh, and mention a few things I observed about that, and just see if they're open. If they go, yeah, like I'd like to. So hear. kind of ask questions you to ask again questions. see, because I, I think you you hit it there too. Because you also could know if it's a waste of time. Because I think there's a lot of you guys out there who are listening. Um, let's just let's be seriously honest. All of us have had that person or a couple of people in our life where like they are unagreeable. They're totally ignorant of the people around them. They step on people or they're hurtful. And again, to your point, they might not even know they're being hurtful. But even if they didn't know and you tried to help them or want to, some people just aren't responsive. They're just not going to respond. So it kind of those questions, though, right away, you're kind of protecting yourself, really, if you think about it. So rather than ramming someone being like, wow, man, well, you, that was a real douchebag move what yeah, you did there. No, no, that does not build any sort of a teachable moment where someone's going to receive anything of value that you have to say. And so I, I think I remember reading in a book called Crucial Conversations or something yep, along the like. Yep, I read the same book. It's Yeah, it's called Priming. So you yes. get something, you yes. get them ready to receive or even have a conversation about something that might be touchy. But it's and like a precursor question. It's like a... Yeah, you get them ready. And so by asking, you know, I have a few, you know, a few comments or so, or even think, some insight like that might help happy. you. So like a priming question, for example, let me know if I'm off base. But like if I went up to him and said, you know, let's say I was the manager talking to this young staff dude. And I just said, hey, you know, it seems like you're you're pretty pumped about how you handle that and, and pretty proud. Like, you know, what, what exactly made you feel so satisfied with that interaction you know yeah you ask questions and then you go okay i you know i can see that um can i share with you kind of a few things looking in that i saw with that conversation or whatnot and then you can go into maybe explaining and again when you explain to someone maybe a few things that they could have done better or areas that were not so stellar looking you know as a teachable moment looking in you kind of want to just give maybe what are some of the most important nuggets? Because if you just overload them with everything wrong die. they did... They're going to dump on them, essentially. They're either going to shut down, they're going to think you're a jerk, and then they're not going to receive anything. Ever. Especially because, um, as you mentioned, Russ, you are an outsider that they have no rapport with. So you can mention a couple things. I in maybe would have been able to do one thing. Be like, it just seemed like you guys misunderstood that his talking down to you was really just desperation to solve a problem. 
And I don't think he was trying to bypass your guys' authority to grab boxes or grab magazines. I think legitimately he was desperate. He to was try wanting to, find... to be on your team to help he him. He was solve working with you, problem. not getting this box. Yeah. So we tried magazines, but then you guys shut him down there. I just think a bit of miscommunication so... was under. You know, but I think you're right though. If I had gone beyond that, they probably would have shut me down. But you said though. With the book Crucial Conversations, and I'm going to plug that actually. I don't know the authors. Look it up. There are three different. I forget the th- author. There are three authors. There are three authors actually that wrote the book together. Uh, fantastic book. If you want to message me, I can look it up for you guys and find the right author. Um, but priming though. So just really quickly, if someone heard that because we kind of glossed over it, I don't think I did a very good job. What is a better version of, in your opinion? Because you probably read the book, you know, more recently than I did. Do you remember any like priming questions? Like I remember like. Actually, I'll let you answer first. I have <laughs> I have one rough one, but um, it doesn't necessarily. It's not really a cookie cutter questions that no. you'd ask. It's the preparation. It's the heart questions? behind it, like why you would prepare someone to have a conversation that's not just a normal, you know, something that you're excited about, like sports or the or the camping or something. What's actually having an important conversation with someone about their conduct or behavior, or about your relationship status, or about anything like that. It's just getting. It's it's. Not just hey, we need to talk. You right. know, I think right. you're treating me bad. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. like yeah. that right there. And a lot of people, someone do that, all actually. of a sudden jumps on the defensive and goes, "What do you mean? Now you're in this fight, and now no one's listening to anyone. Emotions are flaring. People are getting hurt. It's it's no one's it's growing. Not good. No one's going to walk away it's from not that. Good. With value. And a lot of people walk through their lives in in their conversations. But see, that happens all the time. Yeah, Addy. that's what they do all the time. It's again lack. I. It's just lack of education. And I think that there's a lot of people who probably who probably say they're frustrated with how they communicate and how they're communicated to, and they don't really know how how they can improve in that area or how they can be heard or how they can help others hear them. And I would say reading that book, Crucial Conversations, if you haven't had any training or read books on communication skills, it's gold. Um, can really help with it's that. Really and good. so in this situation, yeah, you just you would just start by asking them certain questions like that. Um, like I had mentioned earlier, if they would be willing to, to hear what you had to say. And then, and you're always being respectful through it. You're not calling them a jerk for what they said. You're not no. saying that they just don't have make it no personal. heart. No, don't not at all. Don't make it personal. I mean, yes, you're empathizing on their side, but don't make it personal, right? You're, it's not an attack. It's an issue. It's in the middle of the table. I've talked about it before where, you know, if I if I wanted to call you out on something you said to me the other day or something, I wouldn't be attacking Addison the person and say, Addison, this negative comment you said, let's put that in the middle of the table and talk about why you or said it, how you I drew say it out. Even you. Say, you know, Addison, the other day you had mentioned this and this and that what you had mentioned kind of uh, I felt it. It hurt a little I bit. Felt. I yeah. felt that that's a really powerful I felt, statement. It just I felt. It, it felt like it. It just hurt a little bit. And I don't know. And then you give them the shot of doubt. You say, "I don't think you meant to say that wow. to hurt yeah, me." Okay. Yeah. I don't think that you 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 wanted that to. So can we just can we chat about it for a second? Because I want. And then I forget all the terms. That's again where don't worry about when it. you read the book. They talk about all these different terms of what these certain statements mean yeah, and don't how worry they're. About it. Practical important. examples are fine. Then, but mean, then if you go, um, because I, I want us to have a, you know, I, I don't want our relationship to be strained. I remember one of them was identify what you both want. Yes, exactly. The win. I identify want, the win. Because I want our relationship to, to get stronger and for us to grow, um, you know, deeper as brothers, you know, in, in, 
you know, and stuff and not have any Show animosity them the big picture you're between us. For. Yeah. And so I, I believe that by chatting about this is going to help us get on the same page and going to improve our relationship. So right there, you're turning something that really bugged you into a positive so that you can have an open conversation. You're kind of prefacing the conversation where it's like, no matter what, this is not, my goal is not to hurt you or call you out. My goal is to say, this is what I want. And I think you want it as well. This is why I'm bringing this to your attention. Help me understand what really went down. And let's try to move past this because we both know what we want. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's just that's just key to to forming stronger relationships and so 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 some of these books like crucial conversations is amazing i know that we're kind of digressing from that original part but not really in essence that how do you help someone see that they can't see other people's needs crucial conversations all about that it's about if it's a spouse or a significant other oh dang now you're in dangerous territory a friend or a brother right 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 um again a lot of relationships that end up being toxic is again, uh, could be exactly the question you had. Two individuals are not seeing the other uh, person, how what they say or how they how they act or that is not kind towards that other person or how it could be affecting them. And so by, um, by educating yourself and practicing, which can be hard because again, our, our gut response is to get defensive or to well, it's easier to get angry. It's Anger way easier. covers everything over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, what do, it does is another amazing book. Um, it is a um, it is a Christian book, so I'll preface it by that. But it's called Love and Respect. Yeah. Okay. And uh, again, I forget I forget the author's name. It's very Googleable, though. You yeah, can find if you that. Google, it's. I mean, yeah, he's it a Christian author, about, but it's one of the most popular. But books even out if there. if yeah. the, if you are not, you don't, um, you're not a Christian, or you don't believe those same views. There are timeless truths on how to communicate effectively, that regardless of religion or upbringing or anything like that, or political views, whatever, are very beneficial to mankind, to all of us. And so the book, although it's Christian based, it is amazing on how. You can turn a crazy cycle of dishonor and dislove that spirals down and causes um, can cause pain in a relationship. You can turn it around to be this healthy cycle uh, where where relationships, any form, especially romantic relationships, um, can be strengthened. But it and, and it does pull along the lines of what we've been talking about today, Russ, about how to help someone see that they are to- that. They need to empathize better with others. They need to hear right. that person out and right. be able to get on the same page. Well, and, and to your point, because I remember um, with, you know, obviously we read a lot of the same books apparently, but I mean, I remember the crazy cycle because the preface is, or the premise rather, it's not overall this. There are different cycles and he'll say that in the book but basically the long story short is in a lot of marriages now if you're single don't tune out this is very important because it actually is for everybody i've read it and it's, I'd, you're I'm single. single it's for everybody okay but the idea is that a lot of men primarily there's a lot of women that fall into the category mostly men statistically desire respect more than love and statistically more women desire love more than respect and obviously, you're going to feed into what you desire more, yeah. right? Men want to show respect. Women want to show love. The cool love. thing is, yeah, when they pulled and did in their book, they talk about the research they did. And this is an American author, and so all their research was done in the U.S. In the but States. when they did their study and they did all their questionnaires and their polls, they found that the majority of men 
if you could live without one, if you were never loved again or never respected again, which one was it? They most picked never loved again. And then women the other way with respect. The thing is, though, I know we talk about women and and um, and respect and R-E-S-P-C-T and everything, right. you know, about. And that the thing is that when you love, when you let's say you're married and when you love your wife, um, part of love is respecting her. So when you're loving her well, you're respecting her. Just like when a wife is respecting her husband, she's loving him. So the thing is by by stopping the crazy cycle, by you know, reading So what's the crazy book, cycle really quickly? He shows her yeah, no he, love. He does something that's unloving to her. Because he's feeling non-respected. Yeah. He responds to her without love. She not feeling love reacts to him with disrespect. He feels disrespected and responds without love she without love reacts disrespectfully and it just continues to that's the crazy and this is the thing that stuck out to me in the book ad is that it said this because one of the chapters was well what if one of my spouses spouse spouse eyes what if what if my spouse is not responsive because it often says that to change the crazy cycle it takes one person to mature it says yeah. that. It says the mature one. Now, that's not dissing the other. It just says one mature person has to stop well, and take the loss, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to get disrespected, but I'm going to show him love, or I'm not going to get any so, respect from her, but exactly. I'm going to show her love. You know what I mean? Well, just like you're saying, they, uh, the author gives um, many examples of couples where in the crazy cycle, one decided to change, and they had to decide to change without any... Reciprocation yeah. from the other, from their partner, for a long time before they saw change Any occur change. in Even their if, partner. If the thing is, change. they were seeing change occur in them. Wow, and that's important okay. because okay, so we, say that again. Say that again. They they weren't seeing change necessarily in their partner. In their partner, but they were seeing change in themselves. And as you mentioned before, with your question, how do you help someone see that they're not seeing the needs of others and they're not? How do you help someone see that they don't see the, the needs by of others? You, sometimes it's by you being that example Whoa. and you showing them, this is how I see you. This is how I choose to see you. Regardless of how you regardless treat Regardless of, of even where you're at. And uh, in many of the story or stories that were brought in that book, um, both couples had gone the same page and then they had a great relationship. One that was right. really bad to something really great. And it is work. Um yeah. Our default is to be for myself and for all of us, I believe, our default is to think of ourselves first. Duh. And and in and in approaching a marriage or a dating relationship or even a friendship or anything, it's a lot of the time, what can I get out of this as a transaction? Like how is this marriage going to benefit me? You know, you're going to be with a partner, you're going to be provide for all these things, but we I think that sometimes it's harder for us to see how can um, I help that person become a better person through us being together. How can we help each other be become better human beings and have an awesome relationship? So when we default to what can I get out of this, uh, a lot so of what times, can I give in this? A lot, yeah. A lot of times it then spirals down to. I mean, we see divorce is so rampant in today's society. Yeah, unhealthy relationships and, yeah, and yeah, unhealthy yeah. relationships. And I believe that part of the root of that is that we are. Um, we can be a me first, what's in it for me society. Right. Even when we view the people that we say we love the most, and we probably do love them the most. Whereas when we, we turn it around to 
How can I love on you? And how can I show you that I'm putting your needs first or that I love you? And if, so that's the cool thing is if both people in a relationship are doing that, if I'm putting her needs first and she's putting my needs first, or if me and my friend, if I'm putting his needs first, he's putting my needs first. Right, right, right. Because this in is all encompassing. This yeah, is not just marriage. This is relationships. This is coworkers. All this rela- is- all coworkers, absolutely. That's huge. So if, if this is happening on both ends, uh, the relationships are healthy anywhere. So is it almost kind of like, and we'll we'll kind of close on this, I guess, but is it kind of almost like reverse psychology where you are still thinking of numero uno, but your life gets easier by thinking of others first because the relationships get easier or better that you interact with? Is it almost selfish to want to invest in other people well, for the hope of getting it better? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I would say, yeah, not in that your intention shouldn't be selfish, like, because a lot of times our intentions shall still show through. But if my intentions are, you know, I just, I want to love this person and I want to um, help meet their needs and I want to uh, build a greater relationship with them. And if they're on the same page, then it's going to get better. And then, yeah, then your desire to have a better relationship is going to increase. Your desire to have your needs taken care of are going to, are going to increase. And an example too, in in that book of what they had is um, they used some small examples like, like a married couple, he would always leave his wet towel on the floor and she would nag and nag and nag him to put it, to hang it up and it would never change. Well, she started to respect him and, and show love in a certain area that she was kind of withholding. And through that, then his desire to love her back, he started like this towel on the floor. He started to notice he was putting the towel on the floor and he would hang it up. And so by her choosing to move in the opposite spirit of maybe how she wanted to by instead of withholding love and respect, respect from respect him, him in this case because yeah. she was he was getting on her nerves with the towel she chose to respect him even though she didn't feel like it which in turn led him then to start loving her in the way that loved her by putting up his towel something small like that um in a way that 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 she felt loved right and then it start even small things like that anyway plug for the two books crucial conversations no, and love and respect seriously. I don't remember the authors. You can Google them. <laughs> the the restaurants podcast extremely helpful. These books that you should look up, they're good. Yeah, <laughs> these, these books that you don't know about yet. And if you Google them, they will. They're they're such bestsellers that they will come up. You'll first. find them. They're not unpopular books. These guys. So first off, I want to say this: you did a really great job. <laughs> it was really good. Like you, it's fun. You know, we got I it, guys. Seriously, I did. I seriously sprung this on Addison, where I'm just like, hey. You want to sit and talk about something you have no preparation for? And he's like, okay, sure. And he got to say hi to my kids and, you know, his niece and nephews, obviously. It's important. But, no, seriously, Ad, this was really good. So, I now, I want to plug this as well. If you have any comments, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, if you have any stories like this, we, I, we, I still want <laughs> to hear from you. We yeah. want to hear from you. Leave me a comment or a private message. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Russ Rants number one. That's R-U-S-S-R-A-N-T-Z number one. Or on Instagram at Russ Rants or my email, which is Russ Rants Real. No spaces, no dots at gmail.com. Let us know. We want to give you value. And I, I think some people sometimes, Addison, um, you know, always ask me. They used to ask me. They've stopped. Hopefully I've answered the question, but what's the Russ Rands podcast about? It is about a conversation, and it's mm. an ongoing conversation. I don't talk about 
shallow crap all the time. We had an Avengers Endgame one. That was kind of fun just to do with my good buddy Dave. We're going to have him on the show again. But these other things are also what I'm passionate about. It's emotional intelligence. It's if you're listening to this right now on your way to work and there's a coworker that is driving you batty, maybe take the reverse approach. I know it sounds totally opposite from what every instinct inside of you is responding to do, but it's true, especially in my marriage. I know that when I've chosen not to get even with my wife, but to try to meet her needs or try to speak her love languages, I've talked about that before, I win ultimately in yeah. the end because either I feel better about my conscience. I'm like, you know what? I've, I've done nothing wrong. I've tried to treat him as well as possible um, or they respond better and more favorably. So I want to close with that. Make sure you leave us a comment. Please like and subscribe. It means the world. But also, let me know how we're doing. I, I love hearing from you guys. I'm very selfish. I say that every single time. <laughs> I'm selfish to hear how you guys are, are liking it. I want to bring value to your day. And uh, if you want to be, you know, if you want to submit some questions to the show or if you think you have a topic you'd like to, uh, to talk with me on, I'm open to those ideas as well. Do you have any closing comments, Addison? No. Thanks for having me, Russ. It's been fun. Uh, it's been interesting hearing what I sound like yeah. on a recording. <laughs> Addison came down to my quote unquote studio and he's like, Oh, Oh wow. Like there's like, there's stuff. And I'm like, yeah, man, we, we mean business here at restaurants. Yeah. You don't just have like this iPhone talking uh, to my headphones. iPhone and let's uh, and yeah, there's nothing exactly. wrong with that for those that are starting out their own podcast, but there has been some serious work involved in this. Right. So, um, Again, thank you so much, everyone. All we want to do is bring value to your day. We thank you for listening into the conversation here at Russ Rants. Have a great week. Try this week. How do you help someone see that they don't see other people's needs? Try empathy. Try asking questions. Try priming. Read those books if it's really driving you crazy and react with the opposite response. Stop They're the crazy cycle. Stop Even the if crazy it's cycle. Not yep. Driving you crazy. You should read the books. That's right. Crazy cycle can stop. So have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening. Take Thanks, care. Bye bye. Thank you so very much for joining me on this latest episode. You can find me on every major podcast platform out there, like Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts. You also can hit the subscribe button to support. Find me on Twitter at R-U-S-S-R-A-N-T-Z number one, or on Instagram at just simply Russ Rants. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.